Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number 68 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about Tupperware. Tupperware party on, Dana. (laughs) Tupperware parties, I remember those. Do you? You've been to some? I did, yeah. Really? Really? I I haven't heard anything about Tupperware parties for years. I know that they're still happening, uh, and my siblings and aunts and uncles and mother. Uh, I guess I can't recall any uncles that went to them, but aunts anyway. The ladies in the family were going to, once a month, they were going to some kind of Tupperware party or something. That was a big deal. Right. Yeah. If you had a Tupperware party, you got special hostess gifts. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, a few years back, I ran an estate sale for someone in Salem, Virginia, which is in the Roanoke area, generally. And the woman was, and had been for decades, a Tupperware party hostess. And the line in outside to get into that sale, went almost around the block. Wow. From her clients. They all wanted to get in because she had, she had Tupperware everywhere. So they wanted to get in, get the Tupperware, and get the the premiums. And Tupperware collectors are fanatical. I mean, they just collect everything they can find. Wow. It's crazy. And I, I still have little keychains that mm-hmm. you would get from uh, Tupperware parties. And they have the the little tiny bowl on a keychain. Right. You could put right. pill, pills in it or vitamins or something. Or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we used we used to have those too. They were, I don't know, they were small, and they had the ceiling lids, the burping lids on them. Uh, we still have Tupperware around the house. I mean, what, my wife and I have been married close to fifty years, and she's never hosted parties that I, I remember, but she used to go to them from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that stuff, if you take care of it, it's practically indestructible. Yes, the lids get kind of funky, right? But they it depends how you took care of them over the years if you're, right. you know, it was in the dishwasher or hand wash or that kind of thing but i still have my mother's um giant tupperware bowl with her name you know in permanent marker on <laughs> on the bottom so that she would get it back and it was always full of potato salad mm-hmm. you know she would use that for potato salad to bring to all the the events <laughs> Well, the, the name is uh, putting the name and marker on the bottom is a pretty good idea because th- those markers will permanently stain the, the plastic and you just never, never get them cleaned out. Yeah. So what do you do? Have you ever stored spaghetti or tomato products in Tupperware and had it stain the yes. inside? Yeah, that happens. That happens often. And usually when it gets really funky, uh, we've just thrown it away because you you yeah. know, try to put that in the sink and wash it with the other dishes and that stuff just doesn't come out. Right. And I see it often at 
yard sales and garage sales, the stained Tupperware where people just don't want it anymore and they'll 10 pieces for a dollar and that kind of thing to get rid of it. But that stuff can be cleaned. You just have to do it properly. Okay. The reason that tomato products stain the plastic is they have a a red pigment in the tomatoes called lycopene. Without sounding like uh, the science guy, lycopene is what's called, uh, it's a hydrophobic molecule, which means hydro means water and phobic means afraid of. So it repels water. And of course, that's what plastic does. That's why you put your food in it to store it. You don't store your food in paper bags. So you put it in, in the plastic so it'll stay fresh. And when you put tomato products in there, the red dye is hydrophobic. The plastic is hydrophobic. And the thing about hydrophobic molecules is they attach to one another. They bond. So if that's the case and they repel water, you're never going to get them cleaned with soap and water, ever. So what you have to do is clean them with some non-water cleaner. For example, uh, white vinegar or uh, rubbing alcohol or uh, another thing that you can use, believe it or not, is hand sanitizer. So if you've got your quart of COVID-ready hand sanitizer (laughs) under your sink, You can use that because the main ingredient in that is, of course, alcohol. You can use bleach, baking soda, make a paste out of it. I personally don't like that one because it's a little bit abrasive and it will scratch the the plastic. But you can use fizzy things like uh, Alka-Seltzer or denture tablets. (laughs) You know, if you happen to take your teeth out at night, just take your teeth out and put them in a little Tupperware dish and drop in a couple of tablets. In the morning, your teeth will be clean and so will the Tupperware. (laughs) Uh, There are plastic cleaners that you can use to get rid of stains like that. So that's the way to think about it. Remember that the plastic repels water, tomato, the color in, in tomato paste, repels water. So you can't clean it with water because it repels it. Wow. That's really good, good information because like you, I would just throw that stuff away. And and then the lids get worn out too. They, they do. Yeah. And plus in, in uh, doing a little research for, for this episode, I uncovered a mystery. Oh, do tell. You know, when you're drying clothes in the clothes dryer and uh, you get to the end and you start folding things and you find a missing sock? Yes. Okay. Uh, The mystery is that the missing socks have magically turned into Tupperware lids that don't (laughs) fit anything you've got. (laughs) That's that's. Perfect. That makes such perfect sense. I know, I know. But I don't think it works if you take the spare sock and cover your Tupperware bowl with it. I don't think that. (laughs) Unless you want to strain something. That's right. That's right. Well, that's why you have Tupperware colanders. Ah, true. true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk about how they sell. Well, from what I can tell from looking at archived auction results on WorthPoint, uh, you, you pull up. Tupperware, there's almost a million sales 
yeah, archived in in Worth Point, and it sells pretty briskly on eBay. In fact, don't you know someone, an eBay seller, who specializes in? Yes, um, in Ocala, Florida, there's a, a gal that manages a drop a, a UPS shipping center. You know where you can do UPS, FedEx, all that kind of stuff. Drop off. Right. Right. Uh, FedEx and she does eBay and all she sells is Tupperware. She doesn't sell anything else and she gets it all from local garage sales and she plans out schedules. She plans out a schedule for garage selling and then she hits, that's all she hunts for is Tupperware and she has a successful eBay business. Now it's funny. I noticed on eBay, if you just go to eBay and put in the word Tupperware and don't choose a category, just mm -hmm. go with any all categories. And when you take a look at sold listings, it's so interesting because there are quite a few that are just marked special sale and there's no photo. And that tells me that those are hardcore Tupperware dealers that have these sales set up for their clientele mm -hmm. and they're selling them on eBay. So it makes, um, it's called special order. Mm -hmm. So they still, you can do this on eBay where you have a special order that's dedicated for special clients. And, you know, people say, well, why would not you just do that off eBay? But you want to do it on eBay because, number one, of course, you get the, the feedback. But you also get a customized experience for your client where they can feel safe on a, you know, the world's largest marketplace with that's a, a safe platform. And these are vintage Tupperware items that they're selling? Yes. I, I noticed that um, the first the first photo will just say special order, and they and I and they put up um, a listing that, of course, they sell it right away. Some of them are vintage, some of them are brand new mm -hmm. items for Tupperware. But I just wanted to mention it because you may run into those when you're doing your research and think, "What the heck is that special order?" But it's okay to do that. You know, and and then have some inventory that's dedicated for clients. So I'm a little confused. Do they for the new items? Are they buying these new items wholesale from Tupperware and reselling them? Well, some of them say new old stock. So okay, that's not the same thing, right? Yeah, they could have they could have um, got them at um, old inventory sitting somewhere in a warehouse. Right. You know. Right. Okay, Dana, this is a good spot to stop for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. WorthPoint helps you make more money by ensuring that every sale brings the profit it should. We take the guesswork out of how much to pay and how high to price. The WorthPoint Price Guide lists over 500 million items, sold for prices, and photographs. 15 years of antiques and collectibles data. Put simply, WorthPoint helps you make more money. For a seven-day, seven-lookup free trial, go to worthpoint.com. 
Okay, we're back to the Tupperware party. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're discussing flipping vintage Tupperware. Let's pick up where we left off. In fact, we just finished a treasure hunt with um, Salvation Army in Atlanta, and I was blown away by the amount of tubs that they had with kitchen appliances, kitchen Tupperware. I mean, it was unbelievable. And they were telling us about the pallets of old stock that they receive from companies that was just left in the corners of warehouses. Sure. Yeah. You know, when, when Tupperware first started, they were selling them in stores and they did fairly well, but it didn't take but a few years before the their sales drop significantly because of the lids. You know, when Tupperware has that nice uh, lid where you lift up the edge and it's got a little button in the middle of the lid that burps it and gets rid of some of the the air inside and creates a vacuum. When Tupperware first started being distributed, they would take them to the stores, but they needed someone to demonstrate to the customer how the lid worked because people were having trouble with the lids. And it was from that experience that they developed the the party plan, uh, where they could have gatherings of women. And that, of course, is what Tupperware is famous for, is their Tupperware parties. Sure. Yes. Excuse me. I went to many Tupperware parties when I was younger. And after I had the twins, I couldn't wait to buy the Tupperware toys for the babies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have kept them because the vintage classic shape O ball is called, and it's red, blue, and yellow, and they sell for about forty dollars if you run across those. But you have to make sure that it has all of the shapes that you know slide into it. And it right. was a brilliant toy. It pulled apart, and it had all the pieces in it, and it was compact and easy to uh, play with for the babies. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of toys out, to, you know, toddler toys, child toys. You might want to keep an eye out for those when you're out and about treasure hunting. Right. But the one thing that fascinated me, Wayne, I got to tell you, that sold for a uh, pretty penny are the Tupperware salt and pepper shakers. Oh, unbelievable. Those vintage, uh, well, they're almost hourglass shaped. That's right. The hourglass. Yeah. And those, those things, and you can buy them new on the Tupperware website fairly inexpensively. I, I really? forget what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You can buy most everything they make on that's current production on their website. You don't have to go to a party. Those things were selling on eBay for $2,000. Something it's like crazy. that. It's crazy. Recently got a set sold for 200 and then I was like, what is up with that? And I honestly have seen those at, while we were treasure hunting at um, flea markets and auction houses, mm-hmm. I've run across them and just walked by until this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no more, no more. Yeah, this uh, do, doing this forces me to look beyond the usual things that I buy. Yes. Uh, on uh, I did a search for Tupperware on Worth Point, and second row down, about the fifth fifth listing on the page this is list this was sold about five years ago on ebay the tupperware vintage hourglass 
salt and pepper shaker sold for $2,225. Wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's uh, here's a uh, four-quart blue Tupperware salad bowl sold for $1,600 in 2009. Uh, Jello ring molds, all of these things are in the four figures. Yeah, I remember I had a um, one of those ring molds, Jello ring molds, but I could never get the Jello to fall out evenly. I could never make it work. Well, and and that is why your culinary skills are legendary. <laughs> the Salvador Dali of Jello molds. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I have, and I still have a lot of Tupperware, but I only use it to take with me to. Uh, my aunt's or my mother's house when they're having a gathering so I can bring home all the leftovers. Great idea. I wonder how um, you, you had, we were, we had the joke about the socks and the lids, but what about having um, a sale on eBay of miscellaneous Tupperware lids? Oh yeah. Parts, parts available. In fact, you can contact Tupperware and they'll send you a parts catalog. Really? Yeah, so you can go in, and if you're missing lids or something like that, the trick is that you need the mold number. But one of the great things about Tupperware is, since there are so many knockoffs out there, if you look on the bottom of it, it will say Tupperware. And they've done that since the very beginning. It will say Tupperware. And then it gives a, a number, a hyphenated number, next to the name on the bottom. And the first four digits is the mold number. So if you want to date a particular piece of Tupperware, you can look up that mold number uh, online or through a catalog or or call your local Tupperware representative and they can tell you how old that piece is. So that's good information to have in a listing. And as long as we're dating Tupperware, uh, one of the things that uh, is not good for Tupperware made before 1979. You can't microwave it because microwaves were not commonplace back then. And if you, they'll just, it'll become misshapen uh, uh, or melt or something like that. So you you have to be careful about it. Uh, Another good point about Tupperware and buying uh, vintage Tupperware is that most of it has a lifetime guarantee. So if you get something that so you don't have to have been the original purchaser, if you've got the piece and you want to trade it back in because of a defect, you have to look up the warranty, of course, but it's on their website, uh, then they'll exchange it or, or give you something comparable or credit. That's interesting. I have heard that about Tupperware, but I've never, um, I've never tried it because I do have a big container that um, somehow I burned a hole in the middle of the lid. Right. And I always wondered if I could um, get that replaced, but I think I might have. I don't know if it came with me in the move or I tossed it. Yeah, that's one of those things that you would not be able to uh, to exchange if it's got a hole burned in it. Oh. Uh, yeah, here's, here's the list of things not covered by the warranty. Uh, stains, food stains and discoloration are not covered because they say it doesn't affect the performance of the product. Uh, scratches, warranty doesn't cover scratches that happen under normal use. Cuts or chewing are not included. Microwave damage, yeah. melting, warping, 
uh, and that's for the ones that have lifetime warranty. There are some products have a different kind of warranty, but since Tupperware started, national warranty laws have changed a lot. What manufacturers can promise and how they have to word their warranties, that sort of thing. So, but uh, if if you're a reseller of Tupperware, it helps to know what the warranty is and what their policies are and where you can look up the uh, the mold number to date the piece. All of those things are, are handy information to have. Yeah, I actually damaged mine in the microwave. Right. Yeah, so the older ones, you're you're probably right on. You can't put them in the microwave, but but who knew? Right. Well, even the new ones, if you cook, say, if you're reheating spaghetti in your microwave-safe Tupperware, then that's going to bake those that red dye right into the plastic. Sure. So you'll never get it out if you yep. microwaved it. Yep. Stick with the potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I definitely have a new look on Tupperware, and I'm definitely going to be paying more attention when I'm out um, treasure hunting. Before we, we go, there's a great Tupperware story that I was unaware of. Uh, until I started to research this episode. Does the name Brownie Wise mean anything to you? Brownie Wise? Brownie Wise. Other than a brownie camera, that's yeah. for yeah. Girl Scouts. It's... This interesting story. In fact, Brownie Wise is the first woman to appear on the cover of Business Week in 1954. and. There's a movie in production starring Sandra Bullock. It's a Sony, oh, Sony Pictures uh, about Brownie Wise. Brownie Wise is the woman who put Tupperware on the map. Oh, I mentioned that when they first were produced and uh, being sold in stores, that sales dropped off and they didn't do very well, and they came up with a party plan. So. Brownie Wise became a Tupperware dealer early on, and she was selling 10 times more Tupperware than anybody else. So the owner of Tupperware uh, hired her to be vice president of home parties. And she took just, it took off like a rocket. And she wow. made the company tens of millions worth of dollars in Tupperware sales. What's interesting is uh, the owner, Earl Tupper, became really jealous that she was getting her picture on the cover of Business Week and media attention. And she was the Tupperware darling. She had a huge following because she created this program. So Tupper fired her oh. and, then, and then went in and removed her name from Tupperware's history. Wow. Just wiped that woman. And she's the one that made the company. But there's a guy named Bob Keeling. Uh, you can find this on uh, on Amazon. There's a book called Life of the Party by Bob Keeling. It's the uh, Bonnie, uh, Brownie Wise story. Wow. It's called Life of the Party, the remarkable story of how Brownie Wise built and lost a Tupperware party empire. When she was pushed out, she got a year's separation pay, but uh, she owned no stock, so she ended up with nothing. I can't wait for that movie. That's going to be so good. 
Yeah, there. Are, if you go on YouTube, there are some uh, videos about. Yeah, but not trailers for the movie yet because I don't think it's gotten that far. But uh, okay, there are videos about Brownie Wise. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a great story. It's a great story, and motivational. Yes, very motivational. Okay, Dana, my Tupperware clock on the wall says okay. that it's time to wrap up this episode. So let's do that. And I'm going to go in there and see if I can get some of those tomato stains out of my Tupperware. <laughs> I'm going to go burp my lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds vulgar. <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. Okay, okay Dana. Have a good time there right. in Atlanta. Bye-bye. Yes, thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.